Hello, my friends. I'm Brett Larkin. Welcome back to the Yoga Hacks podcast, where we talk about bringing yoga into your daily life. And my life has changed a lot. If you've been following my journey here on YouTube or been part of my community, whether on YouTube or in Uplifted, our members community, you know that I had a baby. So my baby is five weeks old. And obviously, this has changed my yoga practice significantly. There have <laughs> new hacks have had to be invented during this time. And that's what I want to share with you all in this episode. My hope is that these hacks are going to be relevant for you if you have kids or are even thinking of having kids or are pregnant, but I think they might also be really helpful just for those of you that are busy and who struggle to get or make it to your mat. Recently in our Uplifted Members private Facebook group, someone wrote about how one of the reasons she struggles with online yoga and online classes is that she gives up too easily. Like she gets off the mat and amazing Uplifted members gave her so many awesome pieces of advice and encouragement in the, in the thread. But the piece of advice I added on, which is going to be relevant to our conversation in this podcast, was to stay on the mat. Right, So even if she wants to give up or she can't do the moves in the video, if the class is 30 minutes, stay on the mat for 30 minutes. It's okay. You can do child's pose. You can just sit cross-legged. You can lie in Shavasana, but you stay on the mat for the full 30 minutes and do not leave. Not necessarily following along with the moves on the video. Just doing whatever feels right and good for you. I've always been so in awe of the mom's in our community on YouTube and and also in the membership because it's like, how do moms find the time to do yoga? And some of our amazing Uplifted members have three kids, four kids. It's insane. And I know I also get asked a lot of the time how to make time for yoga when you are really busy, when you have a family. And I always try to give people the best advice I can. But of course, up until this very moment, I wasn't a parent myself, right? I actually had tons, you know, I would think that like I was so busy and now having a baby looking back, it's just like, oh my gosh, when you don't have kids, you have so much spare time. It's comical. So I wanted to give people advice about how to do yoga when you had children in a busy family life. But now I feel like I can talk on that topic with more authority because my reality right now is I'm raising a one month old. There is not I don't know, I think all stages your children really need you and it's demanding, but especially when they're in this tiny infancy stage, it is really, they need you all the time. And how do you prioritize self-care? Same for just if you're listening and you're someone who's just really busy. It's like, how do you prioritize self-care? So these are some of the things that are working for me right now that I wanted to share with you. All right, so tip number one, and you may roll your eyes because this seems like an obvious one, but it's to create a time, a consistent time, to come to your mat and practice each day. And it doesn't even have to be a mat. Maybe you just wanna meditate in bed or on a cushion, but find a time that's consistent, that works for you and works for your whole family and make it clear to them that that's what you want to have happen. I know for a lot of us, it feels really awkward or difficult to ask for space, ask for time to do your practice. This comes up in Uplifted a lot, but it's actually so important. And of course, when you have a little one or a children, it's like you're taking into account their schedule 
in addition to your own. So of course, first couple weeks with baby were a total blur, but he's five weeks old now. And I started to notice a pattern develop in sort of his energy. And what I noticed is that he always was the most zen and chilled out in the morning, kind of between 9 and 10.30 a.m. After his morning feed, he just had this beautiful clarity and zen-like awareness in this period of the morning. So I decided that that would be a great time to do my practice with his little mat next to mine because uh, I got him a baby yoga mat, but you don't need to get your kid a baby yoga mat or your infant a special yoga mat. They can just be on your mat or be on some pillows. And occasionally I pick him up so he's in my lap. And this is where, well, I think I'm jumping ahead. So, but first of all, that's tip one, right? Is, is figuring out a time, a consistent time that's gonna work for you and your family. And what I then did is I asked my husband, I said, hey, I really want to try to do yoga with the baby during this time period in the morning. Would you be willing to support us in making that happen? And if you can just let us have, or let me have 30 minutes of doing this, I'm gonna be such a better mom the whole rest of the day. And it's great because now that we communicated that and we have that clear boundary, I don't feel bad in the morning when I'm sort of sneaking off to do this with the baby during our little Zen morning yoga time and my husband's cleaning or you know, doing the dishes or whatever because he, he knows he's actively supporting me getting to have this little 30 minute Zen time and it's a spoken agreement. So there's no resentment and I don't feel bad on the mat that I'm not like helping him out in the kitchen. So it seems silly, but just having these clear boundaries and expectations with people in your family, I think is really helpful. And it's generated more love, right? Because I feel like he's supporting me in my practice. And then I feel really grateful and I'm more actively wanting to help him out with things he wants to get done or do throughout the day as well. So that's tip number one. Now, tip number two, and this is the really, really big one, is that your practice is not going to look the same. It is going to be interrupted constantly, and you just come back to the mat and you just keep going. So what my yoga practice looks like right now to give you a clear idea, especially those of you that maybe have infants at home and you wanna try doing yoga with them or little babies, is like I said, I put him on his mat next to mine and usually he's just looking around while I follow along with a video. Right now I'm doing my own videos <laughs> to uh, get ready for our upcoming New Year's challenge, which you should sign up for if you haven't already. It's brettlarkin.com forward slash fusion. And I'm doing, and it's a fusion of vinyasa, yin, and kundalini yoga, which is great because the vinyasa parts, I'm you know getting a little bit of a workout in and flowing. And then in the kundalini parts, a lot of them are seated. I can just pull him onto my lap. Or for the yin parts that are long-held postures, again, I pull him into my lap or I have him really nearby so my arms are around him. Now, my little one's very small, so he needs to breastfeed all the time. So sometimes he like, has a hunger pain or we need to do a feeding in the middle of class. And... That's tip number three, which is use props. So what I've found works the best is to just, you just power through. That's what I have been doing. So for example, I will be doing 
some yoga. And sometimes he's, he's fussy and my husband will pick him up and takes the baby somewhere or he'll change his diaper and he'll, he'll be like, what's an outfit I can put him in? Or, you know, he'll need help. And literally I pause the video. I leave my mat. I go help him, you know, dress the baby or pick out an outfit. I come back to my mat. I unpause the video and I just keep going. And then he'll drop the baby off back by my mat. And again, I just power through. So if the baby's fussy, I pick him up and I stop the exercise. And then I try to do the exercise best I can with the baby in my arms or while breastfeeding. And I think for a lot of people, this may seem or sound ridiculous, but I've found it's really effective for me. So for example, if I need to hold the baby, or he's in my lap but he's kind of fussy, like I can't just let him be in my lap, he needs me sort of to touch him, I'll have, of course, one arm around him, holding him, and if the video or the Kriya, the, the next move in the yoga sequence is like both arms above your head and doing some breathing, I'll do the breathing, but I'll just have one arm above my head because my other arm is in on my baby. The trap that you don't want to fall into, and I think a lot of people fall into, is like, oh, well, if I'm not doing the movement correct, or perfectly, or I'm not following along with the video to a T, then this isn't worth doing. And my message, or what I'm offering you in this podcast, whether you have kids or not, is that just stay on the mat and do your best, right? So sometimes the video I'm watching is instructing to do down dog or ankle to knee, but with ankle to knee, I can't look at the baby as well because I'm on my back. So I'll just do pigeon instead because I can kind of hold him in front of me while I do pigeon. Or the video will say to be doing, I don't know, something that I can't do with the baby, with, you know, while having a child. So I'll just do something else. And if you do enough online classes, you'll get an idea of different moves you can do. Child's pose is always a great option. And then with the kundalini, I think kundalini is really great to do when you have a baby because so much of it is breath work and so much of it is seated. So you can have your little one, assuming they're pre-crawlers, right? You can have your little one on your lap and you can do the meditations, you can do the breathing. And then a lot of the kundalini kriyas are like crazy arm stuff. And again, if your little one is happy in your cross-legged seat or lap, you can just do all the arm stuff and the breath stuff and have an amazingly effective practice. And if you need to breastfeed them, what I found works really well is to just to take a large yoga bolster. It's basically the same as the breastfeeding pillow that I use when I'm sitting you know, in bed or on the couch. And I just lie him horizontally on the bolster and he's at the breast. I have one arm around him. And then I just do whatever the Kundalini exercise is with the other arm. So at first it felt really weird to be doing something like Satkriya while breastfeeding and only having one arm up because obviously you're supposed to have both arms up. But I just do it that way and do the best I can. Same thing. There'll be like some thing uh, in the class I did today where I was supposed to twist my whole torso from left to right. We're doing breathing. I was breastfeeding at this point in the class. So... He was on the bolster. Obviously, with the bolster, I can't do big torso twists, so I just did twists with my head instead, right? I just did the the breathing and the breath work, kind of just a little bit with my shoulders and my head. So it's a somewhat drastic modification, but each day I make it through the whole class. And again, we maybe get up, I maybe get interrupted and have to leave the mat many times, 
I maybe am modifying the majority of the poses, but it's sort of just like plowing through the practice. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in the fact that you're not doing the class on the screen exactly like you're supposed to. Or, oh, well, the Kundalini exercise, you know, because Kundalini is so precise and so scientific in the way it works with the meridian lines in the body. You know, it's not going to work if you don't have both arms up and you only have one arm up. Or it's not going to work if you only do it for a minute and the other minute or two you're having to tend to the baby because it's a three-minute exercise, so it's not worth it. You need to get rid of that mindset, or at least I've just invited myself to get rid of that mindset because it's not helpful. And ultimately, what I really want to invite you to step into if you're listening to this podcast is this idea that I've talked about before, but I think it's worth re-saying and echoing again and again, which is that the practice is cumulative. Yoga is a cumulative practice. It's like putting money in the bank. Every time you take a deep breath, even if it's off the mat, that is helping create your zen. It's helping get you one step closer to that ideal self that you are trying to move into or perhaps using yoga and meditation to move into. It all counts. It's not like only the 75-minute class in a studio or the perfect at-home practice where you're completely uninterrupted and do the whole class perfectly is all that counts. Every deep breath, even half a Kriya done like sort of poorly is better than nothing because ultimately, especially with an infant, there's so little that you can control to be able to try to create that space and container for yourself and be committed to something. I think for me at least, has brought a lot of sanity to my life. And if you even don't have an infant, but you're just listening to this and you're struggling with creating an at-home practice, it's like stay on the mat. Just stay on the mat for the designated amount of time. And if you are modifying, if you are, you know, if you have to leave and get up, I think I share this story somewhere before, but a big insight for me was one of, was when one of my most, most favorite meditation teachers who really helped me have a breakthrough in being able to create a daily meditation practice told me that when he meditates at home, he often gets interrupted. And I, I don't know, I think because he was just such an amazing teacher and, you know, had studied in, you know, had this amazing yoga lineage. And I was like, well, he never gets interrupted when he meditates. And he was like, no, like UPS rings my doorbell. And and I was like, well, what do you do? And he was like, I go up, I answer the door, and then I come back and sit and continue to meditate. If we put this pressure on ourselves that the practice has to be perfect, right? And this applies whether you have kids or not. If we put this pressure on ourselves that the practice has to be perfect, we're setting ourselves up for failure. And I'll be honest, I don't feel as awesome after a, you know, Kriya or a little class where I got interrupted three times and sort of only did half the exercises partially well. I do not feel as awesome at the end of that class as I do when I'm able to completely focus on the practice and do all the exercises and all the breathing full out. No, I don't. But I feel better than if I did nothing at all. And that's ultimately all that matters, right? That's, that's really all that matters. And tip number five is to really strategically optimize 
everything about your mat time. By that, I mean if you like to have water by the mat, make sure you get that set up. If you know the baby might spit up or you know need um, a burp cloth or something, have that nearby. Think about what order you want to do things in. So for example, if the baby's really calm and content, I do maybe like plank and some some stuff that I definitely can't do while holding him. So a lot of the times I'm very loosely or maybe not even at all following the class that's playing in front of me. But again, I still like having a video playing because it provides that structure and sets that container, that time for the yoga to happen. In addition, if you're breastfeeding, some tips are, I personally really like to do alternate nostril breathing as the pranayama exercise that I always do before I meditate. So I do alternate nostril breathing with my right hand, right? So I use my right hand to block the nostrils. So you can actually use breastfeeding as your meditation time if you use the bolster technique I talked about, like lying the baby on the bolster. And have him start on your left breast so you can hold him with your left hand. Do the alternate nostril breathing with your right hands with a nice tall spine. Really great exercise for all the muscles in your back. And then I just put both hands on the bolster in Gyan Mudra, index finger and thumb touching loosely around the baby and do my meditation. If you're a woman who's also pumping for your little one, pumping breast milk, I've found that meditating while you pump extremely increases the amount of milk you produce. I noticed a much higher milk volume when I was doing slow, deep breathing. I'm not pumping very much, but the couple times I have, massive difference when I'm kind of in a meditative state or doing long, slow, deep breathing while pumping. I couldn't believe it. It was very cool. So for moms, that's another tip you can try. And then my last tip for you guys that maybe have little ones at home is to think of them as your teacher a little bit. So I know it sounds nuts, but when the baby's with me and he's kind of like in a certain mood or in a certain position, for example, I was kind of to the left of him on the mat and he was just kind of gazing towards my direction. I was like, oh, I could do a wide-legged forward fold and like face him. You know what I mean? And he was just sort of like inspiring little parts of my practice and just letting him kind of guide and be part of the flow. Like, oh, I could kind of cuddle him or see, have like a nice direct eye-to-eye contact with him if I got into like this position or this yoga pose based on where he's sort of squirming around to right now. Uh, That also for me has been really nice because again, it just integrates them as to part into part of the experience. I think before I used to give moms in my community the advice like, oh, get up really early before your kids are awake in order to get your yoga practice in. And I think that's still really great advice and something that you should do. For me, like in the newborn phase, that's really not feasible because you're surviving on so little sleep as is. If you don't sleep when your baby's sleeping at night, that's crazy. And at least for me right now, my little one doesn't sleep very well during the day unless he's on me or on my husband. He really doesn't sleep a ton during the day, not long enough that I can get a ton done or a full practice in or anything like that. But we don't mind because he's sleeping amazingly well at night. So it's all good. But um, I think the getting up early is maybe great if you have older kids. But even the, the other tip, I guess, now that I'm, what I'm trying to say is now that I'm a mom is just like integrate your kids into your practice. 
And I'm sure it's going to change when he crawls and I'll hopefully record another version of this podcast that's like the five month or the eight month follow up. But for practicing with the newborn, these are kind of my, my big tips. And again, the key here is remember that tip number one is finding that time of day that works for both of you where they usually tend to be in their best mood and make, make the yoga time happen then. So you'll just be less interrupted, less worried about them. And I could be crazy, but I do think the days that baby and I have nice morning yoga together during this little 30 minute period that I've set out, I feel like he's more calm during the rest of the day. And to close, I want to share this idea that was actually handed down to me uh, from my Kundalini prenatal training, which is directly from Yogi Bhajan, which is that your baby actually shares your aura for the first three years of his or her life. And when you think of it that way, it's really important that your energy is calm, cool, and collected. And it kind of proves, or I think backs up the fact that I notice that he's calmer on the days when we have a successful yoga practice. And by successful, I mean, we're not interrupted a ton of times and things kind of flow, right? There's days when that happens and days when, you know, not as ideal. But think about that, right? Like you're holding the container for your baby's energy. And I think really as a woman, for women listening, you kind of hold the container and space for the energy of your whole family. Your energy really dictates how happy everyone else is. So making time for that self-care, and even if that self-care doesn't look the way it used to or doesn't look the way it wa- you want it to, right? I wish I were able to just do yoga like I used to. That would be so comforting during this insane time of having a newborn. But you just have to plow through and do the best you can. And again, if I were listening to this, I'd be like, this sounds insane to just do a practice even though I get interrupted a billion times or do these kundalini yoga movements incorrectly because I'm like holding a baby in one arm or completely modify a video that I'm doing and like do something completely different based on where my baby is and what he needs from me in the moment. But the thing is like we're on the mat together. And for me, that's all that matters and it's better than nothing. So I hope that this podcast gave you some hacks or ideas if you're a mom with a newborn or if you're pregnant. And if you are pregnant, head on over to pregnantandpowerful.com because I have a ton of free prenatal classes and resources there for you, including my yogi book list, all my prenatal classes. And of course, there's so much more content prenatal and otherwise in our Uplifted membership. So if you're not an Uplifted member and you're a fan of the podcast or a fan of my YouTube videos, I would love it if you checked it out. It's at upliftedyoga.com. And it's really a great way to give back and connect with an amazing tribe of people as well as tons of exclusive content that I think can really help transform your life and take your practice to the next level. So thank you so much for listening all the way to the very end. And if you are a mom listening to this, I would love to hear your tips, hacks, or tricks for how you're practicing yoga with baby or integrating them into your meditation routine. So please leave a comment for me below because I am just figuring all of this out as I go. So, so, so much love from my heart to yours. Namaste.